Well, hello. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks for joining me for the next hour or so. Greatly appreciated. This is the Super Bowl edition of the podcast. But before we get going on that, it is a momentous week. But before we get going on that, uh, quick plugs for social media on Twitter. On Instagram, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, that's Carroll, two R's, two L's, WLC, standing for Weight Loss Champion, and this phenomenal organization, the Physicians Committee, highly recommend following as well. Why? Because you're talking about great information, great insight, great inspiration, at PCRM on Twitter, at Physicians Committee on Instagram, tons of insight all about plant-based eating. Now... This is the Super Bowl edition of the Exam Room Podcast. This is the biggest game of the year, and we take these games very seriously. So I flew all the way to Nashville to sit down and have a conversation with Chef Charity Morgan. They say, well, who is Chef Charity Morgan? She happens to be the wife of Derek Morgan, who happens to play for the Tennessee Titans. And as the story goes, one day, Derek came home. He said, hey, Charity, I'm thinking about adopting a plant-based diet. I think it can help my game. She supports him. Lo and behold, his teammates catch on. And now, Chef Charity Morgan, she is cooking for about a dozen or so of his teammates. These are NFL players. These are massive human beings. And they are getting nothing but the power of plants. And we're not just talking about bench warmers. We're talking about elite players. These are players that go to the Pro Bowl. That's football's version of an all-star game. They are at the top of their game, and they're eating a plant-based diet. Plus, Chef Charity and I, we're going to be heading into the kitchen. She's going to whip up a Super Bowl party treat for us. And I promise you, I promise you, it will be a tasty touchdown. Also on the show today, Josh Lajani, bringing him back his second time on the show. I absolutely adore this man. Once 420 pounds, now an elite runner. He's been on the cover of Runner's World, and he's got a new book out. Just hit store shelves, just on Amazon. It's called Sick to Fit. And he is a perfect fit for this Super Bowl show because it was football that changed his life, set him off on this incredible journey. And the Saints this year, the New Orleans Saints, his beloved team, almost in the Super Bowl. Josh was actually at the NFC Championship game a couple of Sundays ago for that. He was supposed to run in a marathon that day, but here's how committed Josh is to the Saints. He said, no, no, this marathon, it can wait. I know I'm an elite runner. I know I've been on the cover of Runner's World, but by golly, this is the NFC Championship game, and my Saints need me. So he goes, the results? Not what he was hoping for. So he's down about that, but certainly not down when it comes to life. So we're going to talk about the keys to losing weight, and more importantly, to keeping it off. And one of the things that I love about speaking with Josh is that we always find common ground talking about the dark days when we were at our heaviest, when we were so unhealthy that just moving was this enormous chore. And the simplicity of figuring out what it 
finally took to get that weight off and to keep it off. There's no secret to it. Josh and I talking to you all about that very inspirational interview. I really think that you are going to enjoy that. But before we get to Chef Charity, before we get to Josh, I wanted to let you know that today's show, it is sponsored by Treeline Tree Nut Cheese, one of the leading artisanal vegan cheeses. It's available at Whole Foods, at Kroger, at health food stores, co-ops, grocery stores nationwide. Treeline cheeses, they are vegan kosher, dairy-free, probiotic, and 100% free of animal suffering. Available in aged artisanal and soft French-style varieties and flavors such as scallion, herb garlic, cracked pepper, and chipotle serrano, as well as green peppercorn, plus the brand new premium, premium I say, New York-style cream cheese that will start appearing in stores early this year. You can learn more about Treeline's mission and Find recipes at treelinecheese.com. Now you ready? Because it is time to kick off this Super Bowl extravaganza. From Music City, USA, here now my conversation with Chef Charity Morgan. The Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee on location in Nashville. This is the first <laughs> to take the show to Nashville. I'm so excited to be here. And this is this is a budding town for people who are interested in a plant-based lifestyle. And, of course, at the forefront of all of that is Chef Charity Morgan. Welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. I am fascinated by your story. You have just really exploded onto the plant-based scene over the last year or so because of what you're doing with the Tennessee Titans. Your husband, Derek, of course, is a player, and he decides to go plant-based, and now, lo and behold, you're actually cooking for a lot of players on the team now, right? Yes, yeah, just a little. So talk to me. Who who got interested in a plant-based diet first? Was it Derek or was it yourself? It was Derek. Okay. Everyone thinks it was the other way around, but it was Derek. He's just an innovative athlete. It's always about putting into himself how to make himself better, how to recover faster. It's it's constant put it back into your body and put back into yourself as an athlete. It's it's no days off in this world. Now you are you're a professionally trained chef. Like you're not homeschooled, like I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna try that, just spend <laughs> hours in the kitchen. Like you you actually have some serious chef credentials to you, right? I do. So what the cordon cordon bleu, is that yeah, right? Yeah. That's that's a serious chef school. It is. That's why uh, we, we joke about this all the time. People just could adopt the word chef, and they don't understand what really goes into that word. It's not knowing how to cook. That's you being a cook. But a chef, it's so much more extensive. And culinary school is such a brutal process to where you have to, like, it's, it's such a disrespect to just walk around and say, hey, I'm a chef. You're like, you didn't go through what I went through. <laughs> it's like saying that you're a, a doctor, but you don't have a PhD. Right. And it's it's a big deal because there was many times when I was in culinary school, I wanted to quit. It was like an everyday thing. I would come home crying. Oh, wow. And everyone's like, how's culinary school? I thought about it. And I'm like, Go under an amazing chef and learn that way. And teach, do it a different route because culinary school, I always say, it's a, a, a school full of chefs and their their agenda is to see who can be the biggest jerk. Wow. Like It's like, oh, who is my meanest chef? Uh, 
All of them. Okay, then. <laughs> They're pretty mean. Okay. They Beef just, is in the kitchen, huh? Yeah, it's wow. to thicken your skin, and you got to think about like kitchens. There's not many women in kitchens. When you, if you actually go to your favorite restaurants and you look in the back, it's all men. Wow, it's a it's a it's a man's industry, believe it or not. I never really thought about that because you think about the classic kind of Americana stigma, and yeah. that's always the mom is in the kitchen cooking. Yeah, but it's it's just now changing, and you go and you see head chefs that are women. I mean, we're still the minority, but it's it's a man's world, and. You have to have thick skin in order to get past those barriers. Well, look at you, trailblazer. <laughs> That's why I work for myself. <laughs> so question, so when you're going through this schooling, how much, if any, attention was put on a vegan diet? Zippy. That sounds like medical school, okay? Yep. Because like the doctors now, you think that you go and you get that MD, that PhD, and you're going to be studying nutrition, and that's not the case at all. Mm -hmm. And so certainly not plant-based nutrition, and then it's the same for you as, as a trained chef. I literally was showing my manager yesterday my books. I still have all of my syllabus, all of my outlines, everything for culinary school, and I have books this thick on all techniques, methods, recipes, this big. It's usually, it's Girl. this big. My nutrition book is this big. Mm. And I showed her the difference. I have a picture, remind me to show okay. you after. It's, it's so crazy and it's the shortest, just like medical school, it's the shortest amount of like hours in a classroom. So I think we finished our nutrition in like one or two weeks. Wow. It was just in and out. And I was so young when I was in culinary school, I didn't realize how important that was going to be later on. So everybody felt like me. We were just, you know, most chefs are like super ADD, like just want to get in the kitchen <laughs> and just cook and create. So the whole class was antsy, like, all right, Get through these, okay, calories right, right, right. and fats and all that stuff. All right, let's get back in the kitchen and cook. And later on in life, I had to go retrain myself nutrition. Yeah. So I went to the, did the E. Cornell program through Dr. T. Campbell. Mm -hmm. And I retrained myself on plant-based nutrition because it's a whole other aspect. There's new studies out there. And it's from a, a different view of plants versus um, you're scrawny, you're, you're, you don't have enough protein, you're not going to have as much dense muscle as a meat eater. Right. That was like all skewed, you know, scientific evidence right. 14, 15 right. years ago. Right. But now it's it's changed and right. there's new evidence. That's, that's all. Well, clearly. You, I mean, you know that you don't need to eat meat and animal products to be big and strong. I mean, you see that every day being every married day. to who you are. I mean, yeah. That's kind of crazy. And so. it's, it's, it, it's not like he got skinnier. It, he lost inflammation and he leaned out as like just the puffiness. But he's still at his best 270 pounds. Yeah. 6'4". Yep. It's like and you don't want, as an athlete, you don't want to just be dense and heavy because what is your defense, as a defense player, what is your job? You have to chase down, you know, 200-pound receivers and oh, yeah. guys that are way leaner and faster than you. So you don't want to be the lump on the log out no. there on the field. <laughs> no. So you're talking about inflammation. One of the stories that I love to tell on this mm -hmm. show is an interview I did with a, a Washington player, DJ Swearinger, last mm -hmm. year. And I got to him week 16. Okay. Right. So there's only one more game after this. 
And the rest of the locker room is walking around. I mean, they're shuffling. They can barely pick up their feet. They're just beaten, beaten up, battered. End of the season, can barely walk. And in walks DJ. And I'm telling you, like, he's just floating on air. He's skipping like it's, you know, day one of training camp. And he's got all this energy in the world. And I'm like, what's what's going on with you? It's like, I know you're a starter and you play at least 95% of the snaps. He's like, it's that plant-based diet, dog. I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> And, and so, like, I would think that more people would kind of pick up on that in the locker room, but mm-hmm. clearly, like, that's happened here in Tennessee. People are scared. They're scared, and it's old habits, and I think that's why um, people are, are kind of taking on to my story, and they want to try it, because it's a different approach that I have, and we were talking a little bit about this, you yeah. know, off air. It's not the typical shove it down your throat veganism that's not what I'm teaching right I'm teaching and I'm 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 more so learning from my clients I'm not just being a preachy kind of well this and that and hitting them with facts they they can care about facts some of these guys are 20 something years old and overnight became an instant millionaire they're floating on air they you sure. can't tell them anything so you have to to approach them with their palate. That's where I start. I'm mm-hmm. like, what's your favorite meal? Oh, lasagna? L- let me make you a plant-based lasagna and you tell me, you know, what does that do compared to, you know, what you, you are used to? And mm-hmm. usually they're like, oh my God, that's better than what I'm used to. Surprise. So, and it's just taking the approach of understanding that other than breathing, there's no longer habit that a person has longer than eating. Yeah. And once you understand that, and you understand that you're undoing not their own personal habits, but their mothers, their fathers, their grandparents, because most of us eat like our family members. Generations. It's passed down like anything else. And once people understand that, then they'll have so much more compassion with people when talking about diet. Like my mother by herself, I'm just like, I can't get her off of this (laughs) Puerto Rican high fat oily diet you just can't cause until they get sick and then they're like okay my gallbladder uh, you know failing me how can I get some help right, right. that's when they come around but if you stick to taste and the food first then people are mostly inclined to listen so let's talk about when you started to listen you said Derek was the one that kind of discovered this first and he comes to you were you a little bit skeptical of it at first as well I wasn't skeptical because I've We've always adopted a vegan diet. Like, that was our thing, January. We'll go meatless January. Okay. Every single year. Okay. Like, as soon as we'll start the new year. But I never, ever thought I would do it, like, full time. Like, this is who I was going to be. Right, It was always, like, a temporary thing. Like, oh, detox time. (laughs) But then when I decided that, when I was like, oh, you're really doing this, I started panicking. Why? I was, because I, I... I didn't realize that food could be without it, like, completely. It was always like a, almost like a sacrifice. Right. Like, you give it up for this amount of time because you're trying to gain something. Whether you're losing weight, you want to detox, or whatever your, you know, your reasons are. But the more I did it, the more I realized I couldn't go back. It was like, okay, I'm here now. Okay, and then I would start smelling the smell of meat, and I'll just be like, "Whoa, that just smells awful. That's like dead flesh." So it was, it was a slow process of adapting onto it. But 
the more I learned, the more it empowered me. And I was like, wow, I never knew that. And then I didn't think it was going to be good enough for children. And then I started doing extensive research just for adolescents and growing, mm-hmm. you know, bodies. I was like, okay, am I going to mess my children up? And then the more research and realizing that there are people that have done this for decades and they've raised their children off of this. Like, if you ever look up the, the guy, uh, his name is Nehemiah Delgado. He's a vegan bodybuilder and he was raised vegan. Like, he, he oh. never ate meat his entire life. First he was vegetarian and then transferred over to vegan when he was like at some point in his life. And to just look at his muscles, it looks like prosthetics. Like someone just glued him on to him. And I'm like, oh, you can develop and be muscular and, and look amazing. So it just took understanding that there were people out there that have done this for many, many years. You just touched on, on children and, and you're a mother yourself. So how difficult do you find it to kind of keep your children on those plant-based diets, knowing that when they go outside the home, I mean, like, you know, your neighbors probably aren't, aren't vegans. And certainly you go to the school, they're not necessarily serving a vegan school lunch. So how much of a concern is that for you? It's not a big concern. It's just empowering your children with knowing what they're eating and why they eat it because then your children will start questioning. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it was a true story. My, my son went to my neighbors and my, my neighbor literally was like, you have the funniest kid in the whole world. And <laughs> she offered him a popsicle and he said, is it vegan? And she That's just started awesome. laughing. That's awesome. Because now he understands, but it is a lot of preparing. I'm not going to say and make it seem like, oh, it's easy. My, you know, my six-year-old literally can read labels. No, it's, you know, when you become plant-based, vegan, whatever, plegan, whatever you want to call it, it's a lot of label reading because they will sneak butter, milk, eggs, and everything. You're like, it's just a cookie. It's just a cracker. You flip it over. What? Milk solids, whey protein, like it's Mm -hmm. in everything. I bought a barbecue sauce that didn't have butter in it. No. Barbecue sauce. Come on. Come on. That's just, it seems so unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, take the vegan thing out. That just seems unnecessary. It is. Completely. Unnecessary. Completely. Let's let's talk about um, how you wound up actually preparing so many meals for the team. So Derek goes plant based. Mm -hmm. And and you said that you guys did this in January. Was that like a recovery thing? for the season so it was a recovery and it was kind of like Derek kept oh I want to lean out I want to make my muscles more defined I want to be faster on the field I want he wanted more Instagram followers let's like come on come on (laughs) he wants all of that so um, he went with the nutritionist and and she said have you ever decided to just give up meat and dairy really and he said "Uh, no not really but I'm going to try let me just try a week or two weeks and Derek's one of those people, when he puts his mind to something, he's doing it right all the way. He's not going to half ass anything. He's doing it 100%. And he was doing it by himself. And we would be out, and he would ask them, hey, do you have a vegan option? And I was still oh. eating fish and dairy at the time. And I'm just like, yeah, can I get the shrimp linguine? <laughs> and he would just keep at it. And I thought it was just like a temporary thing. So that's why I never bought into it until... He was already doing it for like two months. Mm. And um, I was like, okay, you're really serious about this. Let me help you out. Let me 
help you in the kitchen. Let me see what I can come up with and try to help you. And if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for me. And at the time, I was having digestive issues. Ah. Going to all the special holistic doctors, um, everyone that you can think of. And they just kept looking at me saying, you're healthy, you're healthy. There's nothing wrong. And I'm like, no, clearly there's something wrong. You wouldn't be there if there wasn't. And then I started eating a plant-based diet and all that stuff went away. Right. And I, that's for me is why I couldn't go back. So he, he makes a change, you make the change, but at what point and how does his teammates get involved in this? So it happened with Derek just sticking to his guns and him doing what he does for himself. It was never like, I'm going in here to be preachy and teach anyone anything. He was just following his own, you know, wave life of what he started. I sent him, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to send him meals. I know what they serve up there. Like he would complain about, you know, you, can you believe they don't have organic grass-fed meat when he, he was, he was, he's always been a conscious eater. Okay. So um, when it came to being plant-based, he knew it was, everything was off the table. Sure. There was nothing there for him. So I would, I would send meals and it would be typical meals of what he was already eating. It was enchiladas, lasagnas, burgers, you name it. Yeah. Sending those meals to him. And, you know, in the locker room, you understand what it looks like. Of course. There, it's just such a tight, really close-knit, you know, community of these guys. They practice together, they eat together. So it became like, you know, week one, hey, why is your lunch different than mine? And what's that? That smells good. And she was like, yeah, I've been eating plant-based. I can't eat that stuff. So um, I, I'm, Charity's making my meals for me. And they started wanting to know, like, okay why are you eating plant-based? So he would give them a little bit of facts, but just enough to make them want to know more. Right. He's not a preachy person. Right, he right. doesn't even like to talk much unless you get him in the environment of actually feeling like, okay, we I could talk about this subject. And then he would give them just some bullet points and some resources to look up. And what the hell just came out mm-hmm. maybe now like four or five months once we were already eating plant-based and he was like hey just just go watch what the hell let me know what you think about that and you know that kind of talks about everything that and why I'm doing what I'm doing and those guys went watch what the hell and that was it from there they couldn't eat me that's wild to me you know I covered football for for a number of years I mean full-time in the locker room every day and it just seems so foreign, the concept of, of, you know, a number of players on the team actually going and watching that yeah. documentary. It's like the last thing you would think of when it comes to an NFL locker room. But nonetheless, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, it, it is. And it just it's it's empowering these athletes because I feel like in the NFL, it's always been one way. There's never been other ways. It's like this is just the mold. Right. And the more that we as, you know, people evolve and we learn more and more, and and it's just not, you know, all teams, because I do have friends, you know, on the Patriots. I do Mm -hmm. have friends on the Rams and and, in other cities in Houston. And they're like, yeah, they're forcing us. They're trying to get the plant-based diet thing going, but the the players aren't like jumping to it. But here we live in the South. So it's, and, and we're the Titans. We're, we're we're still trying to figure ourselves out. Like Derek's on his fifth head coach, 
So we're it's always a, a, a ever growing team. It's not like the Patriots that they're just rooted in who they sure, are. Sure. And then you have a quarterback who eats ninety percent plant based. You know that is going to help the community in that locker room. But for Derek, he was the first. But if it's you know if you're Tom Brady, then of course you're going to push that culture a little bit more. So talk to me about when he comes home from practice one day. I'm assuming that this is how it's ha- how it happens. And he says, "Hey, Charity, can you make a meal for so and so?" It was um, during camp, and okay. it was um, a text. Hey, add um, by the way, add add Casey to the meal plans. He wants to try, you know, eating like this. Casey was a little bit different because his wife was vegetarian, so it was kind of like they watched it and was like. Oh my gosh, I can't even do the dairy anymore now. So it was a little more easier for them to transition because he had a wife that was already, you know, a little bit more forward thinking mm-hmm. about me because she was like, you know, I haven't had meat and you know, chicken and beef and all those things in, you know, five or 10 plus years. So it was easy for him to trans- transition. And then after that, it was, um, Daquan Jones, him and Casey are very close. So it was kind of like, oh, if Casey's doing it, I'll try it too. Of kind course, of, thing. of and course. Then, and then um, after that, it was Ty Smith. And then it the it just kept growing. And I remember it was Wesley Woodyard who was the last in that little group of people to jump on because he was kind of very adamant about him being from the South. And this is not what we do. I'm from LaGrange, Georgia. We don't do this. Like, we eat pork. And we just kept going, listen, just watch what the hell. And then, you know, talk to us. And I remember his wife was like, oh, we'll watch it. You know, we'll just see what it's like. And, you know, I'm going to make him watch it. And they watched it. And then one weekend, she texted me and was like, Wesley hasn't eaten in 24 hours. Whoa. And I was like... Okay, and she's like, he's got too much pride to to say to just jump on your meal plan or tell Derek, like, hey, I can't eat the stuff I used to eat because now I know what it's doing to my body, and I'm just terrified to eat that stuff right now. And I said, don't worry, I'll fix it. And I just sent him a free meal. Like, here, this one's on me. So how many broke the ice? How many players currently are you cooking for? So now we're down to ten. Okay. Um, During um, camp, I had nineteen. Wow. It was that's that eighty man roster right there. Yeah. (laughs) It was. it, It fluctuates, and it's like it's it's so painful to see guys get hurt or to get cut because. They're like your children. Yeah. You're, you're, you're like, I've been, especially ones that I've been feeding since last year. Yeah. So there are t- players that have been on my meal plan since last um, camp and they just got released and I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. can I just FedEx you some meals? Because I, I want them to keep up eating more and more plant based. I don't care if you just eat plant based for dinner, I mean, or just for lunch, just to. Get it more into your lifestyle. Like, I can do this. Yeah. It was important for me. You know, I just did an interview with uh, Susie Amos Cameron. She's married to the director, James Cameron. She's very big in the plant-based movement. She just released a book called uh, OMD, and that stands mm-hmm. for One Meal a Day. Yep. And she outlined the philosophy that by eating one plant-based meal a day, 
how dramatically your health can improve. We're talking about one meal. One meal. We're not talking about giving up, you know, everything for breakfast and lunch. Yep. We're talking just start with dinner. And See that's my same approach. Yeah. Yeah. For new new people, they're like, "How can I switch?" I'm like, "Just try one meal a day." You know, don't go this whole thing of I'm going to be turn I'm going to turn into a, a, a vegan or a, just eat plant-based overnight. It's so hard. So I just tell them try one one meal a day or start off with your meatless Monday. And then next thing you know, these people are like, oh my God, I did no meat on Monday and I felt phenomenal. And I'm like, okay, so imagine if you did that every day. Because for me, when I did it for my, I think it was by week two, my body started to shift and I, you know, the inflammation in my body went down mm-hmm. and I started feeling better. My digestion started coming back and I said, oh my gosh, this is what God designed our bodies to do. I now know how I'm supposed to feel and how I've conditioned my body how not to feel. Yeah. Like I was okay with feeling like trash every day, waking up, drinking coffee just to get me through the day for my energy. Right. But when you reverse that, you, you it your body doesn't have to feel like that. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. It's uh it's so funny. It's like I you know, the reason why I do these health things is because I used to weigh 420 pounds. Like, I was a big dude, you know? And so, like, I lose all this weight, but it wasn't until after I lost the weight that I discovered the plant-based diet. But here's the thing. I thought that I felt great at that point wow. after I had lost all that. But then I go on the plant-based diet, and it's like, boom, we're talking like a whole <laughs> other level. Like, one that I didn't even know existed. Right. But nonetheless, here we are. And so, you know, I think about that, just, you know, little old me, but then if you apply that to a professional athlete and where that can take their performance on the field or on the court, whatever the sport is, like, I mean, I'm talking like night and day. Night and day. Just the mental clarity alone, you know, just to, because when you're on that field, you have to make split second decisions. If you go right you you can either you can mess the whole play up. If you go left, you can you can make the right decision. You can sack the quarterback. You can make split second decisions and make a huge impact mm-hmm. for yourself and the team. And people don't understand that. It's like that's why there's play calling. Like there's there's like it's like dancing. There's a rhythm to this. It's not like okay, they get the ball and we just rush them and try to, you know, just run towards them no there's play calling it's right like on. you gotta drop in coverage you gotta go for, it's so me i'm like i seen a playbook and i'm like Derek, what does this mean i know right it's a whole other language what do it? you mean you're a jock you have to be a <laughs> genius to understand this stuff <laughs> yeah man it's, it's crazy it's crazy um real quick i know that uh, we're, we're gonna put you behind the counter here and see if you can put something up fabulous for us but Give me an idea of what it is that you're you're making for the guys now, because I would imagine that okay, yeah, they're plant based, but there's still got to be some picky eaters there, right? Um, most of my picky eaters, I don't have picky eaters anymore. Ooh, like I, okay. I had one guy, and you I hate to say, nameless. yeah, nameless. I I hate to say this, but I never, I only want people on my meal plan that want a change, that want to learn that want to try something new and it was one guy I think he was just interested because most of my my guys on that are on the meal plan are the A1 players on the team it just happens to be that way just saying it just happens to be like I get (laughs) I have all the starters the pro bowlers they are the ones trying it because they're the ones that are 
more inclined to put more into their body. They understand what level they're playing at now. Mm -hmm. So he wanted to try it, but Derek sends me a list of what he doesn't eat. Mm. It, I'm t it was like 15 things. I don't eat broccoli. I don't eat cabbage. I don't eat cauliflower. I don't eat mushrooms. I don't eat onions. Bell and I just said, Derek, does he know that we're vegan? Wow. Does, does he know that um, the base of everything I'm cooking is vegetables? <laughs> so I tried it and I was just like, I don't want him on this because it's like I'm going to feel like I can't be myself in the kitchen. I'm going to always overthink. I'm, gonna, I'm just taking out so much. Like, so I, that didn't work. But that's just – see, but here's the thing. I would think even with picky eaters, like you can sneak stuff in. Like I, I know that you've done uh, cauliflower wings with a Z. Yeah. Like the first time I had those, I, it, I didn't taste cauliflower. I tasted, you know, the yep. wing that I grew up eating, and it yep. was phenomenal. I would imagine hopefully at some point this guy, you know, was able to give it a try and say, wow, that's not half bad, but I don't know. You tell me. It's just creating those memories of what – people are used to so it's not about going vegan overnight it's not about that it's about okay so what do you like okay you like um i use lasagna as an example because that's a, a, a favorite of everyone sure and let's just say fried chicken okay so if you take i don't care if you take broccoli you could take cauliflower and like everyone's new favorite of what i've been doing is oyster mushrooms so I don't care what is the ingredient that you use. If you take a seasoned flour, you batter that thing up and you fry it. That The brain is saying I'm eating fried chicken. It's not saying this is cauliflower because the, the first bite is seasoned flour, crispy flour. Right. So if you can reenact a lot of those, you know, those the, the, that palate, you know, the taste buds to the palate, then people are like, oh, I can do this. I mean, lasagna is ricotta cheese, mozzarella cheese, some type of sauce, whether you like a pesto, marinara, and a bolognese or vegetables. If you can reenact that and people can try that and they're just like, oh, it's giving me everything that I once knew, they're not going to complain. I know, right? So with the guys, it's to your question of what their meals like look like. It's usually they're they're pretty dense meals. Oh yeah, they're pretty dense meals. I will start there. Uh, it's not they're not eating salads. Do they get salads? Yeah, I'll do side salads, taco salads, um, miso salads, lentil salads. But their main component component or their entree is going to be you know a chicken pot pie a. Um, shepherd's pie um what did i make uh, burgers i'm just going through things that i've made in the last few weeks um enchiladas right i mean they're still getting their side beans and rice and tortilla soup these are th you can make everything it's just changing the ingredients and now in 2018 there's no excuse I know. I there, can't wait to see what you're There's you, a what duplicate for everything. I know. And as a chef, like that has to be super fun for you to get so creative in the kitchen. That's one of the things that I loved when I first discovered this is like how creative you get to be when you're in the kitchen because you really do like trying to replicate flavors, things that you grew up eating and you yeah. thought that you would have to leave far behind. You don't have to leave don't. anything behind. And I, I tell people this all the time. I'm a better chef now than I was 15 years ago. I have no doubt. You ready to put those skills to the test? Yes. Awesome. Let's do it. All right, let's go.
we'll be heading into the kitchen in just a minute, but that was pretty incredible, right? I mean, think about this. Athletes across the spectrum are turning to a plant-based diet. Players reaping the benefits of that plant-based diet. Many of these guys are All-stars. We're talking about the top players in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the NBA, over in tennis, Novak Djokovic, the number one ranked tennis player in the entire world, just won his seventh Australian Open title, his 15th Grand Slam overall, almost unheard of. This guy is a tennis machine, eats a plant-based diet. I'm telling you, it does not get much better than that, boys and girls. Before we get over into the kitchen with Chef Charity, I promise you we're headed there in just a second, but I wanted to let you know that this segment, sponsored by Treeline Tree Nut Cheese, maker of soft, spreadable French-style cheeses, premium New York-style cream cheeses, and tangy aged artisanal cheeses that you can slice or grate. Treeline Vegan Cheese is made from cashews and cultured and aged to perfection, and It is free from dairy, gluten, soy, and added oils. It's kosher, too. It's available at Whole Foods, Kroger's, and health food stores, co-ops, and grocery stores nationwide. It's everywhere. To learn more, just head on over to treelinecheese.com. So it is almost the Super Bowl and Chef Charity Morgan. Here we are in the kitchen. And man, I mean, I can't wait to dive into whatever this feast is that you're preparing. What are you preparing? I see some spinach. I see some artichokes. I think I might have a hint as to where you're going, but you tell us. I'm making a spinach spinach artichoke dip. Fantastic. How did you come up with this recipe? Because it's one of my favorites. I used to love this at Houston's. I would go there and I could eat a whole one by myself. So it was important for me to remake this, the plant-based version of a a spinach artichoke dip so people can understand that, look, you're not really giving up anything. You can still have your favorites. Just let's just you know, switch some things around. Exactly. And that's that's the stigma. That's the myth about those plant-based diets. Like we were talking about earlier is that so many people think that it does mean giving up your favorites. Clearly not the case. No. Walk me through this. So what we're going to do, I have a um, a quick roux type bechamel over here I made. Um, and what and what this is, it's just three tablespoons of butter. Okay. Three tablespoons of flour. Okay. And I actually use gluten-free flour so that people can understand that this can be a vegan gluten-free recipe as well. Okay. So, um, and then I added, um, I sauteed an onion and three garlic cloves. Okay. Just to kind of kick it up with some salt. Three. Not one, not two. Three. Three. All right. So now we've got the base. So we have the base, and then what we're going to start doing is just adding our components. This is two bags of frozen spinach. Spinach are um, one of those things that I think it's very important to get organic because it is one of your dirty dozens. Right. So this is organic spinach, frozen spinach. It's already chopped. So when you add it, you just kind of crumble it. And I put it in like little handfuls of like about this much of paper towel Mm -hmm. and squeezed out all of the water and it's so much water content you were telling me yeah and and when you're making this squeeze out the water if you don't you're going to end up with a spinach artichoke soup 
It might be good, <laughs> but we don't want that for this recipe. We want it to be nice and dry and to have your flavor components add that moisture to it, like the roux. We have a vegan sour cream, and we're going to add some cheesy components as well. Doesn't really affect the flavor of the spinach, though. No, it doesn't. Okay. No, it doesn't. Okay. It, I think it's more spinach tasting, like you get more of that spinach taste and not so much of a water taste when you take that out. Makes sense. It's more concentrated. Gotcha. All okay. right. So we've got our spinach. That's two bags of frozen spinach. I like using marinated artichoke cards. Okay. You can use frozen, you can use canned, you could use whatever. I like the marinated because it's so much more flavor and we're just going to rough chop it. It doesn't have to be perfect. I personally like to have a nice chunk of artichoke into my, um, when you take a chip and you dip it in mm -hmm. and you get that nice chunk of artichoke heart. People like that. All right, so we've got spinach, we've got marinated artichoke hearts, we've got the blonde roux. Yep. What else is going in? So we're going to add our sour cream. This is a plant-based sour cream. This one is made from oats. Oh, and oats. And I really like it. Yeah, it's, it's soy-free. Um, it's delicious. It's, okay. It's really good. I didn't know that they had oat sour cream. That's yeah. interesting. They have oat milk, oat sour cream. They're making the barista mixes now. And then we're going to add half of this. Okay. And this is vegan mozzarella. Okay. So we're not going to add it all. I'm going to add about half of it because we're going to save some for the top. Ah. To make a nice little gratin. Gotcha. So we're going to add half Parmesan. This is, again, vegan Parmesan, guys. Mm. It's all out there for us. There you go. And we're going to put about a teaspoon of salt. Okay. My little secret to this is like one tablespoon of vegan Worcestershire sauce. There you go. So a lot of people would assume that it's vegan straight away, but that's not the it's case. It's not. Mm -hmm. It's fermented anchovies. And then the lemon is good just to give it a nice tart. Gotcha. Give it that citrus. Okay. So this is just a half of a lemon. And we're going to mix this all up, put it in a bowl, an, a nice baking dish. Right. Not a bowl. We're going to put it in a baking dish and bake it off until yeah. it gets nice and crusty. See, now you can tell, like, this is the culinary school <laughs> coming out because you're, you're, like, mixing all of these flavors. You're, you're combining it, and you're going to make something that's fantastic. Yeah. No one's going to say, hey, this is a vegan dip. It's funny, like, you know, we were talking earlier about culinary school, and I was thinking, well, you know, doctors, they do have those acronyms after their name. They do have PhD or MD. It's like, I think that... It's much you know, earned. <laughs> you, you need one as well, having gone to culinary school. What would that be? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> so you could see it's, it's not as creamy as you think it would look, mm -hmm. but this is what you want. Once you put this in the oven and the spinach, the artichoke, and the cheese all starts to break down, it's going to make a nice little gooey dip. Outstanding. So this is what we want. So this, let's put it in our baking dish. I'll tell you right now, this is going to be a crowd pleaser. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Who doesn't like spinach artichoke dip, you know? know? It's like this is the way that I, most people could get down spinach. I know, I know that's the thing. You know, somebody could say spinach, yuck, you know, but then it's like spinach artichoke dip. Oh, yeah, bring it right. on, you know? <laughs> now, when you're cooking at home, how involved do your kids get? Like, 
So my kids love to cook. They do their own little made-up made YouTube videos. Do they really? I see them playing in my daughter in, in her little side kitchen. Hi, guys. Today, I'm making soup. And I'm like, who is she talking to? Oh, she's talking to YouTube. <laughs> That's awesome. That's cute. That's awesome. She's going to be a chip off the old block. Yeah. I now, hope. I have seen your social media, Chef Charity, and it is fantastic. You have lots of yummy deliciousness up there on your Instagram. <laughs> at Chef Charity Morgan, by the way. Uh, just phenomenal stuff up there. I try because it's... I'm not... What I'm telling people is that I'm trying to show them what vegan is not. Right. Not what it is. It's, it's not, we're not doing steamed vegetables and salads. We're making real hearty meals that people want. Right. And once you see the difference of, oh, there's not a big difference between what I already eat and what she's making, then people are okay with trying it. And once you try it and you realize how you feel, then you'll kind of stick to it more. You know what I found is, you know, people will start, you know, and they'll, they'll do these dishes, the hearty dishes, the classics, and then they'll start, you know, doing a little bit more research. And then they'll, they'll yeah. discover this whole other side of veganism, you know. Well, let's try to cook without oil. And, you know, yeah. like we're talking about, like, people who are the last people in the world. Like we were joking earlier about Brian Arakpo off camera being the last guy I ever thought in the world would go to a plant-based diet. But guys like that who eventually, you know, they'll baby step their way through right. and they'll get to this point where, like, the outside world will look at him, man, it, that guy's super hardcore when it comes to his plant-based diet. And yeah, right. he is, but he didn't necessarily get there overnight. No, and it's a lot of the guys do it for one. Okay, there's, there's three kind of guys on the team. There's, okay, there, there's, break it down for me. There's the guy that wants to eat. 100% plant-based because they want to feel the benefits of it and what it could do to their body and their performance. That's the Derek. Right. Then there's the guy that, you know, wants to just dabble in a, hey, let me just try it for lunch. You know, I'll just try the lunch. But when I go home, I'm going to eat what I normally eat. That's totally fine with me, too, because it's already eliminating so much meat alone by just one athlete. I mean, think about how much meat they could really eat. Sure. A lot. Sure. They're not an eight-ounce steak kind of guy. Right, right. They're more like a 14, 16-ounce steak kind of guy. No doubt. So when they're just trying it for that little, you know, meal of the day, which is lunch, is usually their biggest, then that's amazing as well. Then there's a guy that says, hey, I don't want to be plant-based. I don't want to be vegan. I just eat it because our food is good. I'll take any one of those. Hey, man. <laughs> you know, the end result is the same. Yeah. All right. So now we've got this ready to go in the oven. I believe the oven is at 375? Yep. Okay. Because it's, we just want to get it nice, hot, bubbly, and caramelized on the top. How long does it stay in there? 20 to 30 minutes, depending on your oven. Fresh out of the oven, spinach artichoke dip. And this was in there for how long again? Anywhere between 20 to 30 minutes, depending on your oven. But, you know, it, you can drop the temperature at 350 and just leave it in there for 45 minutes. The longer it sits in there, the better because it kind of just breaks down and gets real gooey. Now, I want to get right to the flavor. I, I want to just cut right to the chase and get right to the dip. <laughs> I see these chips over here and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to come at it with Go a right. spoon Go for it. and just see how this is. I mean, it smells so good. It really does. Garlic and the onion. 
It's always the trick. I hope the camera can pick this up. This is piping hot. Yeah. Super fresh out of the oven. I know. Be careful. I know, right? I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit afraid. You should be. <laughs> Man. That's what's up. Is that going to be a fun Super Bowl recipe? Let me tell you something. I'm going to fly you in <laughs> to come to my house in Washington, D.C., I'm going to have you make that for us. I'll make that and some wings. That sounds, oh, yes, the cauliflower wings, right? Yeah. That's wings with a Z. Yes. Oh, that is so good. You are very, very talented. Thank you. Thank you so very much for your time and, and what you're doing. And you have just an incredible story. So, I mean, good on you. And, and I mean, I would think that, you know, it's going from the locker room. And now as it spreads, you know, you've gotten coverage yeah. I mean, over internationally, ESPN, the fans are probably starting yeah. to pick up on this as well. I mean, you're, you're really doing a bang-up job. Not for nothing. I just hope that it inspires more athletes, up-and-coming athletes. I, I look at kids in high school now, and I'm telling them, look, you don't have to go this way. This is what everyone's taught you for years. There's another path. You can eat like this, and you can start taking your health into your hands now. You don't have to wait till you're banged up and you're sick. You could try these things, small things now. So this is just one recipe. We're going to put this up on pcrm.org slash podcast. But I know on your website that people, you know, they can go there and they can find a ton yes. of other recipes, right? Yes. Yes, you can go to www.chefcharitymorgan.com. And I have recipes up there, but most of my inspiration is from Instagram because I don't measure. I just whip up things every day for the guys, post it. Hey, guys, look what I made. Hope this is some, you know, Monday is inspo for you. And they can go home and try it with the vegetables and the grains and the foods that they have at home. That's awesome. Chef Charity Morgan, super talented. This is super tasty. I know, look at the crew back there behind the camera. They're drooling. I know you see it, I know you see it too. I know you guys want to try taste it. It's all they're, yours. They're like, cut, cut, take it home. <laughs> so we'll do that. This is The Exam Room brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Thank you again to Chef Charity Morgan. A delicious recipe indeed. Now, we have posted a few of our own amazing plant-based recipes. They are perfect for your Super Bowl party. They are up on our website right now for your viewing and planning pleasure. Head on over to PCRM.org. As a matter of fact, I also know that if you hop on Instagram and you go to at Physicians Committee, They've posted some of those recipes there as well, right at your fingertips. I highly recommend you, you flip through, find something you like. You're going to love it, guaranteed. Now, before I fire up Skype and I bring on Josh Lajani, as a reminder, this episode brought to you by Treeline Tree Nut Cheese. It's available at Whole Foods, Kroger's, and fine stores nationwide. Visit treelinecheese.com to learn more. All right. You ready to be inspired? I love talking to this guy because I recognize so much of myself and his positivity and his zest for life. Man, I'm telling you, they are contagious. He's been on national TV, the cover of magazines, tens of thousands of followers on social media he has. He's leading a plant-based running revolution. But if you ask him, He's just a blue-collar, hard-working kind of guy from Louisiana, just happens to have lost a couple hundred pounds, and eats a plant-based diet. He's a regular guy. Regular, regular Joe. 
regular Josh. That's what he is. And why is he on the Super Bowl? Because the last time his beloved team won, he was so moved, he decided nothing was impossible. Said if these perennial losers can become champions of the world, what can't I do? Stepping into the exam room here by the Physicians Committee is my old dear friend. Met him last year. He actually came to an event we were doing in D.C. It was the first time I had ever heard the name Josh Lajani. And by God, am I glad I met this guy because you want to talk about inspiration. You want to talk about Josh. His story is incredible and just him as a human being, even more incredible. He's got a new book out called Sick to Fit, Three Simple Techniques that got me from 420 pounds to the cover of Runner's World. I, I mean, just incredible. Josh, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks for having me, man. You, you're 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 quite an amazing story yourself. I'm always bragging to my friends about you. I'm like, man, you think I've lost some weight? You need to meet my. You need to follow my man, Chuck. Hey, man, but you know what? We both started at 420 pounds, and that is rare that we, we, we get the same starting weight. So for that, you are forever, my brother. That's it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it been going, man? I mean, people who aren't familiar with your story, you, I mean, one, you're a football fanatic. And uh, uh, yeah. I, I mean, so yeah. as we tape this, this is just a few days removed from the uh, NFC Championship game. If you're an NFL fan, you obviously know about the non-call that uh, will go down in history. Um, actually, you know what? Let's start there, man. I'm such a huge football fan, and I know that you are at Let's the do. game, man, and you're such a Saints fan. I mean, dude, you're in the stands for that. What in the world was your reaction? Uh, my first reaction was, oh, yes, he interfered. It's third down, so we got to get a first down. And I'm like, waiting for I'm like, wait, it's going to – there's no way they're not calling this. It's a late flag. I didn't see the flag. They're talking about it. Something. <laughs> it was like it didn't happen. Dude. I was like, oh, my God. And it was scary because, yes, we still got to kick three and go kick the ball and go up. But then you start looking at the clock and you start looking at the, the you know, the most important name in football is Mo. You know, momentum. Mm-hmm. We're screaming. We hoping they don't kick the field goal so we don't go into overtime. But it's all moot. Yep. It should all have not been. Nope. And nope. you talk about frustration as like I'm not a millionaire. I'm not like some big wig. I'm not. I'm just a dude that works with his hands. Who grew up, you know, in a blue collar like area. And I grew up loving the Saints. I, we work really hard for the money that we, the little money that we do have, and we spend uh, a disproportionate amount, probably compared to most <laughs> households, to be a part of this thing. Man. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a joke to me. It's not a game. Like it's part of Louisiana identity to me. It's part of Saint success. Really, the Saints' success. It. You got to remember, like, it's we're still on the upstroke after Katrina. Right. Right. Like, we're, we're, and, and a big part of our, like, collective psyche is wrapped up in 
the New Orleans Saints mm-hmm. and that building that we play in on Sunday, man. So it's emotional, bro. And I will tell you, if you're hearing this and you are not a football fan and you have no idea what it is that we're talking about, it would take us a full show to explain what happened in three seconds. The nuances of our I, I mean, it's just unbelievable. What I, I will say is just go and Google uh, Saints-Rams penalty. And just read, and I'm telling you, this is going to go down in the annals of history. I don't know if you've seen the news, but there's a really there's a a, a very wealthy Saints fan who owns who owns a lot of car dealerships, which is exactly what Tom Benson did. He had a lot of car dealerships, so I don't know if there's a connection there or something. But there's a very well off Saints fan who has bought something like 17 billboard spots in Atlanta. <laughs> And we have billboards all over Atlanta that the NFL blew it. The Saints got robbed, right? Uh, There's been a whole story on this guy. And he's like, he says, I'm not done. So I would imagine that there's going to be a TV commercial or something. I don't, there's no telling what this guy's got up his sleeve. I mean, look, every little bit of criticism that goes the NFL's way, I will tell you, and we got to move on because this is not a football show as much as I would yeah, like for it to be. Yeah, sorry, man. Uh, yeah. No, hey, man, look, I opened the door. So, um, but but I will tell you that 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 criticism is definitely well deserved. Not a football show, but this is our Super Bowl show, and so this is why I wanted to bring you on. And I was really hoping that when you and I were first talking about doing this, that New Orleans would actually be playing in that game as they should be, like we said. But <laughs> hey, um, but football and the Saints really—I I, I, mean—they set the stage for you to really yeah. undergo this incredible transformation right. and so when you say that it's personal for you it's personal oh, for so many reasons including for making you the man who you are today so for those who aren't familiar with your story i will set it up that really your change that you told me about and we've seen began when the saints were last in the super bowl yeah what well, this thing that we've done in our life and you can attest to this it has everything to do with mindset. Yeah. Everything to do with mindset. And for so long in my life, I grew up a trailer park kid, a fat kid, you know, lower middle class kid uh, from Louisiana, you know, not very smart, at least don't have a reputation for that. <laughs> and, and, uh, and our football team sucked. But I was there every Sunday, you know, and I loved that team. And there was a big part of me that had sort of given in to the fact that I'm less than. Take what you can get. Don't be greedy. And something changed, you know, when we almost lost everything, obviously, in Katrina, like the city. I didn't know if we would have the city. Right. I didn't know. It was weird. It was a crazy time. And to be a part of being able to sit in that dome in 06 when they reopened it and Gleason blocking the punt and being a part of that whole ride. You know, we stumbled and we went to the NFC championship. We were one game away from the NFC championship that first season. And I was, I was starting to believe differently. It was just in my team at first. And then we won the Super Bowl, and it's like, Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. I don't have to be a perennial loser. <laughs> That's not my lot. And so from that point, I started to think about what I wanted from life in a different way. At that time, I was going back to school and I spent a lot of that fire and that energy and that inspiration into finishing strong, a, a theme throughout the Super Bowl season, which is a Drew Brees thing was let's finish strong. And I used that mantra, I used that to finish strong in my, my non-traditional college degree. And so that's where it is. And so as I'm doing that, as I'm finishing strong, I'm realizing, hey, I've done really well. I've made really good grades. But now I'm embarrassed about this presentation I'm going to have to give at the end of the year in 2011. Right. And uh, I don't want to have to put on a suit. I don't want to have to tuck in my shirt and put on a tie and all of that stuff. So I started to move that fire and that inspiration from my schooling and from, you know, from the the academics to my own physical body. I was like, OK, let's do something different. Let's not look so bad. By the, we know we have that presentation at the end of the year. Let's do something about it. And so I started right then and there. Um, I started in February of 2011, just trying, trying to trying to lose weight completely not really believing that it was really going to happen. Definitely didn't think what, what actually wound up happening was going to happen. That's not where I was. I just wanted to look better in a suit initially. Right. Now it was 2011. One thing leads to the other. I kind of fall in love with running. Running brings me, as I'm trying to lose weight, you know, I learn about running in, in, in runner's world, how it helps to burn body fat. So I was like, okay, as much as it sucks and as much as fat boys don't like running, if I want to try and get rid of some of this body fat, maybe I do this thing. And so lo and behold, I kind of dug it, kind of folded my running into my love with New Orleans through the Crescent City Classic. One thing leads to the next. Now I have running aspirations. I want to run faster and faster 10K. And so that's when I learned about Scott Jurek and Reed Born to Run. I was starting plateau around that time in my life. I was, had lost about 100, still had over 100 to go. And, um, and learning about a plant-based diet at that point, it was just for running I, it, and for weight loss. It was totally going to be temporary like everything else. I was like, oh, this is going to be how I can lose weight. I can mm. run it off, you know, and... And what wound up happening is that my life completely changed. Lo and behold, I wind up um, switching my diet to a plant-based diet. Really, really adopt running as my new football in life. And I've lost 230 pounds in the process and become an ultra marathoner and found myself on the front cover of that very same magazine that helped clue me in to you know, hey, running might be a good idea if you want to try and lose some body fat, buddy. Isn't that, isn't that then, so funny how, like, when, when you first set out to do that, like, you have this mindset that it's it's temporary. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get through it. You even said, like, you know, running sucks. That's what you thought up front. But lo and behold, you, you get going with this, and it you get hooked. You, you did not see this enormous change in your life coming, but you embraced it. 
And that's the cool part because it felt so good. And I think for me, when I was undergoing that transformation, when I first started losing weight, I really thought that, okay, well, this is going to be just another temporary thing and I'll eventually die because I'm so fat and at least I'll be able to go to my grave saying that I tried everything. I tried. Exactly. But it stuck and something stuck. And so I identify with you in that. And it's it's just the most empowering feeling when that happens and so you lose all this weight you get on the cover of this magazine and then you start globe trotting man people are picking up on your story left and right and so suddenly you know little josh from louisiana becomes josh freaking lajati you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it's so crazy because i'm still just the guy in the trailer park every day doing working with his brother and taking care of sewer pumps and taking care of tenants. And I was working with a tree contractor all day yesterday. I do normal everyday people stuff, but from time to time I'm asked to be go on TV or go and be on the cover of a magazine or interviewed for a magazine or whatever. And it's just been the most amazing, exhilarating ride that I still have to pinch myself sometimes, you know, um, we started off by talking about mindset and what the Saints win brought to that mindset. My running wins have brought have just sort of added to that mindset. Does that make sense? To yes, you? sir. So that embracing of my physical vessel and starting to believe in myself and go because there was once a time in my life, even when I signed up for the first Crescent City Classic, a 10K where I was like, yeah, I'm going to sign up for this thing, but whoo, not really able to crystallize what it looks like. It, you know, I'm not really 100% buying in that I'm going to be able to do this. I'm not right, really right. 100% buying in that I'm going to be able to do it under an hour the next year. You know, I'm kind of just going along for the ride and, and, and just kind of making a decision and rolling with it. But as I started to embrace that physical part of who I am and who I think I am and who I want to be, like, I don't know, you're willing, you're just more proud, more confident, not in a bad way or in a way that's good, Mm -hmm. in a way that if you had had before, you probably wouldn't have been where you were. Like, this is a, um, it's buoyant. Yeah. This 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 self-confidence. Right. So I believe my own words that I don't give a dang what you think. If you think I'm really going to be able to run 100 miles or if you think I'm really going to ever be able to Boston qualify, because I believe I know what I'm capable of because I've proven to myself over and over and over and over throughout this process that I can get some things done. And it wasn't until I started to fold in my physicality through the running and my weight loss this time, because I had lost 100 pounds at least two or three times in my life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can relate. Been there, man. (laughs) And this time, because of that embracing of my physical capacity and that simple shift of I used to be big, I, I used to be big and fat because I was a football player and I'm injured and I can't move anymore. So that's why. And now I don't have football in my life. So my my weight ballooned up. Saint, now I am super aggressive on the race course and I want to win and I want to try to place and I want to get on the podium and I want to run faster and faster and further and further. Also, because I was a football player. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I identify as that athlete that I had let go, that I had this, that I had kind of put in the dusty closet and said, oh, well, you're fat now. 
right? Yep. And it's just a really fun thing. It's, a, to, it's I don't, I mean, I, it's a fun life to live, I have to say. And I'm excited. You're living it, man. And it, it's it's your life and you're living it on your terms. And that's really so important really for anybody is like live the life you were meant to live. I mean, it, it really boils down to that. You may not know that you know who you really are, but you do. You, you just got to, like, find that confidence somehow, whatever it takes to bring that person out of the dusty closet that you were just mm-hmm. talking about or bring that person back. They're still there. Embrace it and thrive. I want to ask you here. Uh, so you were a little iffy about running at first. You get into it and you find Scott Jurek and you learn about the plant-based eating. When you first read about that, were you gung-ho about that, or was that another thing that you were a little iffy about? Like, eh, I'll try this, and maybe it'll oh, work, yeah, maybe no, it won't. Oh, yeah, no, not gung-ho. Not gung-ho at all. I was actually dismissing um, Scott's example just a little bit because I was like, I couldn't, I did not really identify with him. I was like, right. oh, okay, he's a beast at running because he grew up where he grew up, and he did all this cross-country skiing in high school. I played high school football. He was cross country, long distance cross country skiing, um, in hot through high school and doing running and stuff like that, right? And so, although you know he talked about his diet and how it was such a big deal to him, in my mind, I'm dismissing it the whole time mm-hmm. because we had different physical histories, different athletic histories, right? Um, but. He definitely planted the seed. I'll never forget reading about the barley chili in his book. and Because I went from Born to Run to Scott Jurek's book immediately after. Um, and I'll never forget about reading about, I've never made that barley chili, but I've made chili and used barley instead of ground meat in it a bunch of times since. Right, right. right? I don't need the recipe. It just needed the idea. Yeah. And so that book planted some seeds. It's like, oh, we can have hearty, real, hot camp food too right and so but it wasn't really until rich roll's book where i really found like um you know uh an example that i could really relate to and go ah okay yeah and so rich was really the one that kind of his story really pushed me over the edge and made me really identify with with the whole thing and he gave me ways to think about it that gave me permission to go all in See, there's that. Because I was hesitating. Yeah. It's so funny, like, how I'm thinking about this as you're talking about what you were thinking about the plant based diet at first. And you're saying, well, Scott is successful because he's this, he's this, he's this, he's this. You're making up excuses for why he's successful. But really, what you're doing is you're giving yourself an excuse not to be. You're not giving yourself that permission you were just talking about to be successful. And so really, like, you got to flip the script, you know, in life, we all tend to think about things in that regard sometime, but you got to take a step back and flip that script. Who are you truly making the excuse for? The other person or the person that's looking at you in the mirror? Nine times out of 10, it's the person in the mirror. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So let's talk about this book, man. Uh, You get hooked on the plant-based diet. You go on TV from time to time, as you humbly stated uh, earlier. Um, you, you're on the Rich Roll podcast, I think, what, three, four times three now? Time, three I, times. You're, you're, you're a regular there. We'll call you a regular. Um, yeah. Certainly, you land on the cover of the magazine. He's a good friend magazine. of mine. Yeah. I mean, he's a real cool guy. Love his show yeah. to death. Never Love met him. 
maybe you know maybe you can introduce um yeah. but <laughs> but anyway so everything like starts kind of going your way i mean you've given yourself permission now to live and to thrive and so you put out this book and when i pull it up on amazon you know couple couple things strike stand out to me one you're giving people techniques for how you lost the weight how you found success and so you're you're empowering them but then i look at the price tag and i'm like say what i was like is this a typo zero dollars and zero cents on kindle i'm like what no let me get let me get him on on the old uh, skype and see what's happening man so you, you are literally giving this thing away yeah, it, it, it's a it's very important um, for me to feel like the things that I've learned I can share them, and no one says, "Oh, but I just can't afford it." That's what I worry about a lot with our coaching that we do with Wellstart, is that you know, as beautiful as it is, people may may have that out. Ah, I'm literally broke and I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I wanted it was very important to me and Howard um, to have it out there in the ether in a way that finances aren't really a barrier. Um, and I'm also out there in that same way on social media. Um, anybody who's ever commented or messaged me on social media uh, except for my Facebook page, working on that. <laughs> uh, but anyone who's ever commented or messaged me on social media knows that I am very responsive. And that is my free way to make sure nobody slips through the cracks that needs it, right? Okay. Um, and so us doing it, us putting it out there as a free Kindle download um, is our way of doing that. Just kind of putting the information out there. You want to know? Here. Now, you ha please digest this. You got questions? Join the Sick to Fit Facebook page. Hit me up on social media. Ask questions. But this is how we grow to a different place. Yeah. Very fractal, very simple things that we just repeat over and over and over and over and over and make a lifestyle of it. All right. Let's, let's touch on that. Very simple things. Taking control of your health is not a complicated formula. The biochemistry mm -hmm. inside of us is very complicated, but actually right. taking control of your health is so simple. You already know what you need to do. Again, you may not know that you know, but you know, but you and know. that's what you're saying. And so you're, you're just hammering home those same points over and over and over again. Isn't it funny? Because I, I know, and you can probably relate, when I was 420 pounds, I thought that there was some like magical formula that was a mile long that I would never be able to solve to lose weight. And only people who were mathematicians and like, you know, prodigies. Or genetically blessed. Right. Were able to, to do this. Right. But it, it boils down to watch what you eat and get up off the couch and believe in yourself, man. And that's it, dude. That's it. Movement, mindset, and menu, right? So those three M's. Okay. And we talk about, we talk about, that's that's something we repeat over and over. And so if we can get, that's the three legs to the stool, you know? You can get some temporary success without all three. Yeah. But with all three of them, you're set up with a style of living that's going to carry you forward through time 
with success and progress and aspirations and hopes and dreams and fulfillment, all of these things. It does take, you know, that repetition to get it really hammered into your brain like, hey, dummy, it doesn't have to be that complicated. When when in your journey did things really click for you? Um, I don't know. Like, I started to – things really changed for me, generally speaking, after I went – plant-based and went down this subsequent rabbit hole of between learning what a CAFO is and all of the health side effects, the things from from Dr. Barnard, uh, learning about intramyocellular lipids, learning about about, uh, vasoconstriction and saturated fatty, fat-rich meals, like all of these things that, and as I'm reading them, I'm thinking of a family member that died of that. Mm-hmm. My God, God, this is not about not being fat anymore. This is not about that. This is about something bigger. This is about a paradigm. This is about a consciousness shift that needs to happen in my home state among my people, in my very own family. Yeah, man. Word. And so that is when I knew and why I'm so passionate about plants now, I'm never going back. That's when I knew. Because once, like my wife said, after she watched Four Silver Knives, once you know, you can't unknow. You can't unknow <laughs> these things. Can't do it, man. And so, um, and as I'm doing all of this, you know, we just lost my grandfather in August of 2017. But in my transition of all this, I'm really heavily taking care of my grandfather on a daily basis, shaving him, bathing him. And so I'm seeing real world firsthand what a life, uh, what a life of consumption, high saturated fat, tons of meat, tons of alcohol, tons of lethargy will get you. Yeah. And this is my patriarch. This is the man I look up to most in the entire world. Yeah. You know, and I got to wipe his butt. I have to sh- shave him. I have to bathe him. Mm-hmm. And so that real palpable experience in my life, as I'm learning all of these things, and I know my grand, I already know my grandmother died at 67 of a heart attack, right? Those, that experience combined with that knowledge made me a monster mm-hmm. for the paradigm. Hey, I, I'm I'm a killer. I want I I am I am a vigilante in a lot of ways when we talk about the current healthcare paradigm. Yeah, but I, I will say it's it's important though that we not vilify individuals who eat that way and still who you know live that lifestyle Absolutely. because they don't necessarily have that knowledge. I sure as heck didn't when I was overweight. No, and that's what I tell people all the time, buddy. I lost my first hundred or so pounds by focusing on cutting carbs yep. and eating so much meat that when I look back at it, I'm like, goodness, thank goodness. <laughs> you know, I didn't do something to myself through all of those years. Every time I had ever lost weight in my life, it had been that formula. Mm-hmm. You know, we go sugar busters, we go paleo, we go whatever it is sugar busters i remember, remember that sugar one busters yes i do yes i do i mean whatever it is it's you know it's more steak less bread yeah man 
And so, yeah, we have to meet people where they are. But we also have to be careful not to enable them. Right. 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 So, and the biggest way to do, the biggest way to um, educate them, in my opinion, is to exhibit what you say you know. Right. With with your own body and life. Right. Right. And so that's a big way to to help sort of, uh, you know, help people who are still in that spot have aspirations to get out of that spot because they don't they don't know if they've lost 100 or 150 pounds on low carb or keto. They're they're not they don't care about cardiovascular health right now because they haven't been down that rabbit hole. They just know I've lost triple digit weight doing this. Who the hell are you talking to? Right. All that matters is the number so on the all scale. All we can do for right now is be their friend. Yep. And you know what, though? I mean, more and more people are opening their eyes, opening their ears, being more receptive to this. Um, sure. It's going to take time. But you know yeah. what, Josh? As sure as I'm sitting here talking to you right now, we are making significant progress, man. And it's because of people Thousands like you giving the book away, you know, and, and being <laughs> willing to share the story. I mean, that's the same reason why we don't charge for the podcast here at the Physicians Committee. It's because we want to give people this knowledge and this inspiration. It's more than just telling you what to eat and how it benefits your body. It's about feeling good as well. It's about that mindset, one of those yes. M's that you were talking about. Yes. So important. So with all of that, that combined and you've put all that package together in Wellstart. You you mentioned that earlier, but what exactly is Wellstart? Talk to me a little well, bit about beautiful. that. Like so, how so? Howard Jacobson and I, you know, he wrote, uh, he co-wrote, co-authored Whole. I don't know if you've ever written, I mean, ever read Whole, but uh, T. Colin Campbell is sort of his follow-up to the China Study, mm-hmm. and that was a huge book to me. So Howard. You know, just through the magic of social media and people knowing and connections in the plant-based world and going to, to different things, I met up with Howard. Howard and I have become really, really good friends. Howard has an amazing podcast as well, and he had interviewed this person because um, in the process of us building out the book, we developed – because Howard's a, health, a lifestyle coach. I mean a, a health coach. Right? Yeah. And so – so in the in the process of developing this book, Howard's like, man, you the things you have learned really flies in the face of a lot of the things that I learned becoming a coach. I think I need to recalibrate everything I know about coaching. And so here we went on this couple of year journey of him pulling nuggets of things that I have learned from my story. I'm not really bright are experienced enough to articulate them and bullet them and categorize them and curriculum them like he did like he did you know i'm just able to be your friend and talk about it when you got a question yeah well here's what happened to me but he was able to sort of lay it all out in a way that's teachable and so as we were developing that coaching he interviewed a person who had developed a um an online coaching platform, right? And and she was a wonderful innovator. Uh, had won like this this uh, VC funding contest, and like she had a really wonderful idea and a beautiful piece of technology that she had had built out so far. And so, lo and behold, Howard was like, put us all three together. And after just a few years, a couple of years of us kind of you know 
learning each other, we all come together. So we take our coaching and this beautiful website, and now we've married them together, right? And and Howard has taken what he's learned from my story and put it into a 12-week program where we think of it really as just sort of like an on-ramp onto more permanent lifestyle habits yeah. that we know will really help inhibit um, you know, permanent success in your life. Uh, just because if you think about it right, we're always, if you can get that growth mindset, we can be moving in the right direction. It doesn't matter what today looks like at all. It's about your, your attitude about it. That's it, man. Whether or not you feel like you're going to go for the, the, the broccoli or the Snickers bar, right? And it all is about how you see life right now, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And so Howard has really been able to articulate a lot of that stuff and put it in the very teachable um, um, modules. And so we have a 12-week program where we do these weekly uh, Zoom calls, just face-to-face. So I get to talk to these cohorts every every week and they bring things to the table. Or, hey, I had this happen and this happened and we have this problem. Here's a win that I've got this week. I usually do this and I don't do that anymore. I do this. It's wonderful. And what it is, more so than an exchange of information, it's really an incubation of a community. Yep. And because this movement, this whatever, this really, it's a system of care, this whole whole food plant-based idea. It's not a diet or anything or or even like a, a movement. A movement sounds ethical. This is like factually correct. This is medically useful and necessary. This is a system of care to help human beings. For sure, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. And, and so teaching this um, and being a part of this and creating a little bit of community because it's still such an alien idea in so many locales around this country, having this community online a place where you can go bounce questions, a place where you can get you're getting good, you're getting homework, you're getting feedback. You have constant SMS contact with a coach all the time. Look at you throwing um, out technology terms, SMS. That's a text message, boys and girls. <laughs> it's amazing, though. It's just beautiful, right? Yeah. And so that's, in a nutshell, what WellStart Health is. And we really want to be able to take this, this platform that we've built, this entire package of you know what is essentially uh, an online uh, healthcare team, and put it out into the world of employees for big companies. Like we think we can help you really shave off some of your bottom line by grabbing the low hanging fruit of helping your type two diabetic yep. employees yep. get off of insulin. Yep. It's not that hard. It just takes a few potatoes and some beans and stuff, man. Yeah. And so we really feel like there's a lot of opportunity there, not only for help, but actually, uh, uh, um, you know, an actual financially viable reason for big companies to, to buy on for us to be, sort of surreptitiously get in there to help them get healthier. All right, man. Final question here. We got the Rams. <laughs> of course, you know, somebody's listening to this in St. Louis or L.A. They're like, hey. I'm not going to listen to that daggone podcast anymore. They're biased. <laughs> They're, <you know. laughs> so we got the Rams, and then we've got uh, old Tom Brady and the Patriots again in the Super Bowl. Man, give me your prediction. Tom Brady's going to win. 
and I'm gonna boycott. I'm gonna go see how many. I'm gonna go see how many miles I can run in three hours on Super Bowl Sunday. That's my plan. I, you're boycotting the Super Bowl this year. Holy cow! All right, man. That is a true Saints fan. <laughs> I cannot wait. Honestly, Josh, I cannot wait to see what the TV ratings are in New Orleans for Super Bowl Sunday. I think that it is going to be in the basement. I think that you're going to have a lot of friends out there pounding pavement that day, man. Yeah, we're talking about maybe even doing a parade on Super Bowl Sunday. Do it. A Why not? Parade. Why yep. not? So Do there's it a big buzz in the city. All right, man. Well, look, the book is sick to fit free for Amazon Kindle incredible man you you really do put your money or in this case no money where your mouth is and then where can people find out more about wellstart just uh wellstarthealth.com asked and answered josh lejani we are going to have you back on the show because i feel like every time i talk to you there is so much ground that is left uncovered uh football and otherwise so uh we're going to have you back man i I love it honestly man because like i see so much of myself in you whenever you you talk about your story it's like that that mindset it's i think it's so universal for somebody who used to be that overweight and then you know had that Mm -hmm. moment that aha moment that epiphany that we were talking about and then it all kind of comes together and so there's that camaraderie man i think we called it the fat guy club the last time or former fat guy club the last time it's definitely a brotherhood man Man, but you know what it's not limited just to guys man everybody is welcome there so you you demand josh lejani you are thank you so much for having me thank you for giving me time i love i love every chance i get to talk to you appreciate it Josh Lajani, the guy just incredible. He is giving away that book, Sick to Fit. It is available for free on Kindle right now. All you need to do, head on over to Amazon, and there it will be. Also, a big thank you to Chef Charity Morgan for welcoming me into Nashville and taking me into her kitchen. So amazing. Very talented woman. Very cool story. She is cooking vegan meals for about a dozen or so players in the Tennessee Titans locker room. Football players, monsters of men. I mean, these guys are huge and they're just eating plants. Very cool. And since this is the Super Bowl show and the Patriots, they are in the Super Bowl again this year. I want you to go back, take a second, flip through some of our old episodes, go back to about this time last year, and fire up my conversation with Tom Brady's former chef. Why? Because, okay, the Patriots quarterback, Tom Brady, primarily eats a plant-based diet. You know, it's TB12 method. Tom is 41 years old. 41. That's ancient in football terms. Still, though, at the top of his game, and he will be playing in his record ninth Super Bowl this year. Ninth. That's insane. Chalk it up again to the power of plants. And as long as you're thumbing through on your phone, maybe go back, listen to that old episode. Also, fire up social media. Head on over to Instagram at Physicians Committee and at Chuck Carroll, WLC, and then over on the Tweetah, at PCRM, and again, for brand consistency, at Chuck Carroll, WLC. Now, have you subscribed to the show yet? Maybe you're just listening to this on our website. If you haven't, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that 
podcasts are available. That is where you will find the exam room podcast by the Physicians Committee. Go ahead, click that subscribe button. Free episodes, plenty of inspiration, plenty of knowledge coming your way every single week. If you would subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating and a nice review, we would certainly, certainly appreciate it. Because really what the show is about... It's about having fun, yes, but it's about sharing information and sharing knowledge that can help you lead a healthier life, giving you that knowledge. Maybe then you can pay that knowledge forward, share it with a friend, share it with a family member. That's what the show is about. It's about making the world a healthier place, one show at a time. For everyone here at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, keep it plant-based. <laughs>